Hi, and welcome to a special on-campus edition of the Andy Staples Show here in Tallahassee, Florida, Doak Campbell Stadium, home of the Florida State Seminoles. Today on the show, Mike Norvell talks about the first two months as Florida State's head coach. It's been quite a whirlwind for him. He takes Memphis to the American Athletic Conference title, a Cotton Bowl berth. Then he gets hired away to replace Willie Taggart, has to sign a recruiting class, has to swipe a quarterback away from a division rival, has to fill out a staff. But as you'll find out, he had quite a bit of practice at hiring coaches at Memphis, and it served him well in his first couple months on the job at Florida State. Let's talk to Mike Norvell. So here, here in your office, is is this where, when the when the guys come in on the official visit, is this where uh, you... you play Queen Elizabeth and, and knight them with the offer. You, you may become a Florida State Seminole if you'd like. Absolutely. Usually they're sitting in the exact chair that you're sitting in. So. All right. Do, do, well, you, you can't. You know where I went to school, so we can't, uh, <laughs> we can't do that. But uh, it, is, it is amazing, though, because you, you mentioned seeing Bobby Bowden's name out there, and, and you are in the same place that Bobby Bowden was. Does that blow your mind? It, uh, every single day. But it also it, it, it inspires you every single day when you walk in this office and you get a chance to represent this, uh, this great tradition and the program and all that have come before us. I mean, it's uh, a wonderful responsibility, and it's one that uh, you, know, you, don't, you don't take lightly. So I wanted to talk to you about relationships because you, you just got done talking about your signing class, and obviously – there's a lot of relationships involved, prior relationships at Memphis. Like one of your quarterbacks you signed in December was a guy you had offered at Memphis, Tate. And, uh, and then Chubba Purdy, the other quarterback you signed, you knew the family from back in Arizona because they're, you know, Perry High in Gilbert, Arizona. And that obviously matters in this business. But I wanted to take you back to a story that you told at the coaches convention a couple of years ago. And you were a, a receiver in Conway, Arkansas, Central Arkansas, and you saw – this is one of your early practices, right? Spring practice. You saw a guy standing on the sideline just watching, and you went up and said hello. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one, of the most def- one of the defining moments of my life. And uh, it was uh, my sophomore year. Um, you know, his gentleman's name was Don Strubing, and he was a, he had actually a former player that was on spring break, uh, had come down to watch our team and – you know, I was, I was one of the uh, one of the few that got a chance to go up and shake his hand and introduce myself to him, and uh, you know, it started a relationship. Every time that that uh, Don came back to to campus, you know, he would come say hello to me. And at the time, he was the old line coach at Springdale High School, which little did I know was uh, was uh, the laboratory for yes. offensive football now. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, you know, Gus Malzahn was the head coach there at the time, and you know, five years later, that uh, that handshake uh, you know sparked uh, you know what would be the, the the big break in my coaching career and uh you know Gus had called Don for to see if he knew of any young coaches that wanted a GA and my my name was the name that uh, that came out and you know it, it provided an opportunity and I'm forever grateful for that well that's what it, it, I my wife and I try to tell our kids this all the time like everybody matters treat everybody the way you want to be treated because you never know how one interaction good or bad may change your life and it's crazy because that may have taken what a minute 
two oh, minutes. Yeah, you, you sit there and you think, little did I know one handshake would be the break that I needed. Um, and it, it didn't happen overnight. It, it was five years later. But, you know, I tell our kids all the time that uh, you never pass up a handshake. Never never, never miss out on an opportunity to, to be nice, to say hello to somebody. Because uh, a relationship, it might be all that you need. Most people are will go through this life always looking for the break, but most of them will probably walk right by it whenever the opportunity was truly presented. The, the reason I wanted you to tell that story is because you, you're pretty, pretty unique in terms of how much hiring you've had to do as a head coach. You, you've been a head coach for four years. Nick Saban might be the only other person who's hired as many assistant coaches as you have in four years because you were doing really well at Memphis. People kept hiring guys away. Uh, and your, your staff, Brian Silverfield was the only person with you four years, right? He was. And, uh, you know, that's now you look at having to come into to, to Florida State and hire a whole new staff. I, I probably I probably might have overtaken. I might be in a lead of, uh, of the, the hiring, uh, the hiring race. But, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, it's about evaluation. And I'm always I'm always trying to build relationships when I'm on the road recruiting and uh, whether it's a, a coach that might be at a lower level or somebody that's just getting started at a coach's convention, uh, you, you always try to build those relationships because you never know how it's going to how, how those things are going to develop. And you look at our staff. I mean, you know, David Johnson, uh, you know, our running backs coach. I, my very first year of coaching, I'll never forget being on the practice field at St. Aug High School, and uh, you know, Leonard Fournette was an eighth grader, but uh, but you know, David Johnson. But everybody already knew. Everybody knew him. Uh, but uh, you know, David Johnson, the way that he that he uh, you interact with his players the passion in which he coached with uh, the way that he treated me you know I was I was at a at a, you know, the University of Tulsa who had never recruited Louisiana um, but uh, you know just the that relationship and to know that I was able to hire him when I first got a head coaching job you know you look at guys like you know Kenny Dillingham who's one of the youngest offensive coordinators in college football you know I remember when he was, Chaparral High right yeah, offensive coordinator he was 23 years old as the offensive coordinator Chaparral and he came and you know, asked me if we could if he'd come in and sit in meetings and you know I told him every morning we'd be getting started at six o'clock don't be late and uh, he was there every single day and that that relationship sparked one that would you know now six years later you know we're working together at you know one of the storied programs in all the college football and uh, you know that you just see how those relationships matter Chris Thompson who is now our deputy head coach he coached me in college he was an offensive line coach at Central Arkansas and that relationship has stayed over the last 17 years and now we get to work together that's that's what football that's what the greatest thing about football is but it's also you know the evaluation of of why coaches do what they do and then being able to to put them in a great position when they do work with you. That's the, the, the amazing thing to me is you did all this and you were dealing with staff changes basically every year, but you guys got better every year. Well, you know, the, the, the culture never changed. The belief, the what, what it takes to be successful. Uh, you know, those values have, have been you know kind of instilled in me over the last 33 years of either playing or coaching the game of football, and and that's what we stay focused on. Um, you know, I, I tell I tell kids all the time. Uh, there's there's a lot that that goes into your position coach and how the relationships built, but w- what that looks like. And you know, I've had I've had kids that have asked you know, well, how how long is is this coach going to be here? How and and I tell them all the time. Well, I I hope that the position coach or the coordinator is not here in four years you yeah know, because I want to see those guys achieve the, the dreams and desires they have a promotion and if they get an opportunity to be a head coach if they get an opportunity to be a coordinator uh, that's something I take a great deal of pride in but on the flip side you know these young men know that I'm gonna go get a great one to be able to lead them and that's that's all part of the process well it's interesting as you say that because I had never heard a coach admit to saying that 
to a player. And, and from talking to players, there haven't been many coaches who've said that to players. You know, you judge by reactions when position coaches leave. But you're exactly right. I mean, if you look at the, the average numbers, when you sign, that position coach within two years is probably going to be gone. One, because he was good and became a coordinator or head coach or something, or because he wasn't getting it done and, and had to move on. So it's a much more honest way of, of dealing with it. it. It seems like it would help you on the back end when you do have those changes. And that's why I'm so involved in the recruiting process. We team recruit. We build relationships that are program-wide. Um, on, on the flip side of it, you know, when a, when a young man makes a decision to come here, they see the, they see the track record. And that's all I can rely on. You, you have, I guess I've hired now 35 coaches uh, in the last four, I guess now five years. But uh, it, is, it is one that continues to breed success because it's all about, you know, you, each person, that's whether it's a player or a coach, maximize the potential that they have and then continue to, to progress, continue to elevate. And, uh, you know, I'm big on, on uh, you know, being able to, to promote from within. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, it's all about that, that continued development. And we spend a lot of time with that whenever we're going through the hiring process of a graduate assistant or, you know, whether we have an opportunity for an analyst or quality control, uh, just to bring the right people that, uh, that truly do things the right way. So when you took over at Memphis, no early signing period. Here it's a little bit different story. You were talking about, when you first got here and you, you passed the recruiting test and everything, you're ready to go. Well, actually, you didn't have to pass the recruiting test. You were already certified. But you're ready to, to go recruit. You've signed what you need to sign. And coaches just start handing you phones. Was that like speed dating or something? How many, how many phones got handed to you that first night? Uh, it was uh, too, too many to count, but it was, uh, I mean, it was the start of our process. And, you know, I tell Lawrence, you know, Lawrence Tillefeely was the first uh, uh, that, I, that I actually got on, you know, on the phone there. And to think that, uh, you know, he signed early. And, you know, had, to be honest with you, I think he had some reservations. You know, he'd been committed, but was, was uh, you know, a little unsure in the process. But even in a short period of time, he could get a sense of, of who I was and what I was all about. There was nothing. There was no sales pitch when it came to, to recruiting. There wasn't enough time for a sales pitch. Yeah. It was all about just really you know, putting my heart out there, telling telling uh, these young men of what the program was going to look like. Uh, we did have the example of what my you know, prior place you know, looked like and right. what we were able to do and, and some of the success that was able to be had. And then, you know, there's no, no question the, uh, the the great tradition and the, the expectation of excellence here uh, that we have at Florida State. So it, it's a uh, it, it's all come together, but that's why it was so critical that we did our part in the evaluation yeah. for finding the right fit. You're one of those guys, and, and there's a few out there, who tell a recruit this is going to be hard. This will be difficult. You'll be challenged, that sort of thing. And it's, that's, you're in the minority there. But I do wonder, have you found that you do less de-recruiting once they get to campus? Um, less de-recruiting, and you know, it's also that there's not as many people that leave once they get here. Because they knew going in. Because they understand what the process is. They understand what the, you know, why I do what I do, what we're looking to accomplish. Um, you know, I love my kids. I mean, it's something that is not, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into to developing them, not just what you see between the white lines, but in every aspect. And, um, you know, it, some kids come in and they're ready to play as freshmen. We've played a ton of freshmen in, in my co uh, coaching career, but on the flip side of it, there's some that have to develop and there's some that really have to, to trust and believe in, in what we do. Well, you know, trust is the hardest thing to ever gain. And, uh, you know, we've, we, we put a lot of time in, into explaining the why. But when they come in, understand that it's going to be hard work, it's going to be discipline, it's going to be accountability. Um, you know, it's... Um, 
I think it's played off well. Do, do some guys like that? I remember talking to Jonathan Allen about his rec recruiting process, and you know he'd get a lot of coaches that came in and would, would kiss his butt, and he hated it. And then Nick Saban shows up and is like, you might start, you might not. If you're good enough, you'll start. If you work hard enough, you'll start. And it won't be easy, but if you do well, it'll be good for you. And, and he appreciated that a lot. Or do you find that there are guys who they like that approach better? Uh, the right ones do. And at, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's, there's times that, you know, I've had coaches, I've had people that have asked, well, are you afraid of scaring, scaring a recruit off? And, you know, yeah, I, I, I hope so, actually. You know, if they, if they, you know, we're about doing things the right way. We're about work. We're about development. We're about caring about each other, building relationships. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, we're always in the evaluation mode. We're always trying to make sure that we're seeing what is the passion and the, and the purpose for what these student-athletes want to put themselves in. And, um, you know, some of them like it, some of them don't. And so, but I do believe we get the right young men that fit our program. Well, and it's interesting now because it, we always look at the number of quarterbacks and everybody's like, well, you've got this many and you signed this many and then has, who's going to end up at the portal? So you now have four scholarship quarterbacks. Uh, that is, I know your fan base is intrigued <laughs> by this because uh, some quarterbacks hadn't been signed here for a while. But, but how important was it to fill that room and have some competition in that room. Well, once again, it's a, it was all about the fit, and it was all about making sure that uh, you know I wasn't going to bring any just warm, warm, warm breathing body here to to be a part of what we're doing. And and at that position, more than anything else, uh, we have to get that right. And I am so very excited about what the future holds. I'm excited about the group that we have on campus. Um, but it's it's going to enhance the competition. It's going to – everybody's going to develop. Everybody's going to be able to pour everything they have into the process of improvement. And, um, you know, uh, I, I think, once again, you talk about the track record. And you look throughout my career, that's something that we've been able to, to do, especially at that at that position, um, which is something we take a great deal of pride in. Well, I, the two you took, it's interesting because uh, you've got Tate Rodemaker from, from Valdosta nearby, uh, a school where they're looking at Florida State quite often because they're, they're so close by. And, and, and Florida State's obviously had some pretty good players out of that city. Telvin Smith went to Lowndes, but uh, one, of, one of the greats. You knew him from recruiting him for Memphis. Yes, How do the, the dynamics change when you come back as the Florida State coach? Well, I mean, you know, I, I believe in what I see, and I believe in, in uh, what we've learned about the young man you know, throughout the process and then also the need here. And I, I thought all those things checked. And it was, uh, it was great getting a chance to, to you know, open up the recruiting process with, with Tate. You know, even though it was a very short period of time, there was familiarity. You know, he had, we had offered him at, at Memphis. He knew uh, – he watched the offense. He knew what it looked like. He um, – you understood uh, some of the expectations, and then you know, obviously, we're an hour down the road, and, uh, and one of the one of the programs that uh, you know Tate had enjoyed watching as as he was growing up as a, as a young uh, you know you know as a child, and and then as a young man. But uh, you know, it all came together, and I believe everything happens for a reason. I was excited about uh, you know that opportunity to recruit him, and uh, you know, it, it all came together. And then Chubba Purdy's situation, uh, you got the job. He had been committed to Louisville for a while. Was not a guy. You had you recruited him at all at Memphis, so was not. was not on the radar. And, and Florida State had not been recruiting him at all. Uh, I did some stuff with the family because I was doing some stories on quarterbacks from the Phoenix area and how it's become kind of a just that's the bull market for for quarterbacks now. But you know they were an interesting group. You had uh, 
Chubba grew up a, an Alabama fan because dad was an Alabama fan, even though dad pitched at Miami. And Brock grew up a, a Florida fan because of Tim Tebow. And you're going to forgive Brock for that, I assume, at this point. But uh, how quick did that all go down? Well, it was one of those things that was uh, – it was crazy. That was a crazy uh, process. And, you know, I've always had an unbelievable respect for what Chubba did as a player. And, you know, I didn't think the recruitability was as strong at Memphis because there wasn't a, a tie. There wasn't something that would, I thought would draw him there. Um, but it was, a, it was a no-brainer for us when we got the opportunity here and we're looking for, for guys that would fit what we wanted to do. And, and I think Chubba's a, a special player. I think he is a, a great talent on the field but you know he's he's a leader he's 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 definitely motivated and, and passionate about being successful and um you know when we reached out to him on there i mean never forget you know did that first phone call and uh there was a there was an, an interest it wasn't a, a slam dunk that he was going to come visit he wanted to talk to his family he, he showed great maturity of how we handled the process uh, but then it was you know when when we were able to get him out here it was even that didn't go as smooth i mean there was flight delays and things that you know we couldn't control but uh you know i think I think, I think he fell in love with with the, the not only the place but the people and the plan that we had for him to be successful and that I'm excited about. That. What is that like when you get that call and you know the guy you you want to come in and the guy you really want to sign he's stuck at the airport or he's he's on a layover and, and the plane keeps getting delayed. Well, the the fact that it was my first and only weekend before the signing day, there was I think we had. 15 other official visits. Oh, that geez, we so you're there a little busy. plenty of stressful <laughs> things that were going on at that time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think I threw anything, but, uh, you know, it was, I was glad to see him the next day. So uh, you like to use two backs a lot. And I, I'm very fascinated by the way you use them because you always talk about how much they're going to catch the ball out of the backfield. Do you look in recruiting at the guys who can be maybe a running back or a slot receiver? Oh, absolutely. I think that's uh, uh, one of the things that we've been able to do is uh, probably as well as anybody in the country when you look at actual production from that position. Um, and so you know, we try to find you know, you know, unique playmakers with a, with a variety of skills and talents. And uh, you know, that's something that's, that's served us well through our, through our years. Well, that's what I, I noticed. Corey Wren, one of your signees, is one of the fastest high school players in the country. And it seems like he's a guy that you could kind of move around a little bit and, and have some fun with. When, when you're talking to guys, do they say, well, I want to be a running back or I want to be a receiver? You just say, how about we just get the ball in your hands somehow? Yeah, I just tell you, you know, when guys come in, they have a, they have a, a notion of what they are going to be or what they can be. Uh, you know, I'm not big on I'm not big on telling guys of how things will form around them. I just try to show them what we've done and how great they can be in the role. And that's where you know a guy like Corey, he was able to watch the production of our Memphis running backs. Another young man we offered early. He was one of my first running back offers in yeah. Memphis, and um, so he knew about the Tony Pollards. He knew about the Daryl Hendersons. He he had watched Kenny Gainwell become a freshman All American, and then you know he sees himself in that role. Um, and when the opportunity presented itself at uh, at Florida State, it was just a, it was an, almost a no-brainer for for everybody involved. Your Memphis teams also opened some very large holes for those running backs, and I know that's something that the folks who root for Florida State have been worried about for for quite some time as the offensive line. And w- what is that group going to to look like? And and Alex Atkins is a guy you hired who he was at Charlotte with Will Healy last year, was an offensive coordinator last year, and they kind of knew this is a rising superstar 
he might not be here for long. What does he bring? Uh, I mean, Alex is one of the one of the best teachers and developers of talent, uh, uh, I think, in the country. And you look at, you know, we competed against each other when I was at Memphis and he was at Tulane. And that's where my respect for him and the job that he did you know, really was established. And, you know, you get to know the man. I mean, he's he is he's great in every aspect. And so we're excited about what he's going to do with our offensive line, excited about our talent uh, that we have on campus and really excited about the talent that we've been able to attract since we've been here uh, in this cl- in this signing class. So what comes next? You've signed a class now. Is it is it getting to know? the guys here on campus more is it getting getting ready for spring practice and that's really we've put a, put aside a lot of time already and in, in developing the relationships and and getting to know the kids that are here we've already started our tour of duty you know from the first week that's that school started back because that was important to me um you know recruiting is is critical um but you know also you know developing relationships with the with the young men that we have on campus is going to be you know um you know something that was was an absolute focus and so uh, we're going to continue to develop that you know, can uh, you know get our plan for for spring ball exactly what that's going to look like? You know, every day matters. Every you know everything that we're doing is laying the foundation for what we're going to be. And and we understand that there's a lot of work that goes into that, but we're we're all excited. All right, Mike Norvell, thank you so much. And everybody, remember, if you see somebody, throw, throw out a handshake. You uh, never know what might happen. Yeah, that's uh, I still think back to that the the, the 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 handshake that changed my life and it provided uh, an incredible opportunity. And now I'm sitting here at 38 years old, the head coach at Florida State, and uh, you know just uh, honored honored for the opportunity. Appreciate it, Coach. Thanks so much. Go Knowles. That is Mike Norvell, the new head coach of the Florida State Seminoles. He's in the honeymoon period right now. He signed his recruiting class. Everybody's a five star to him because they signed with him. We'll see how those guys pan out on the field. It's going to be up to Mike Norvell and his staff to make these guys gel with the guys they've inherited. This is the part where they get to know the guys they've inherited. They get to see them on the practice field in spring practice. We'll see how different the Mike Norvell era looks from the Willie Taggart era. It definitely seems like there is more of a concrete plan right now. The fact that they signed two quarterbacks in this class Quite a bit different. No quarterback signed in Willie Taggart's two classes at Florida State. And I know Florida State fans were relieved to see a QB in this class and then see another QB in this class. They're also relieved to see some offensive linemen coming in. Now, the thing about that, that's not an overnight fix. It's going to be up to the staff at Florida State to develop the guys that they already have and put together a solid offensive line to play in front of whoever winds up playing quarterback, whether it's one of the two guys who are already on campus or one of the two guys coming in. It's going to be a fascinating year in Tallahassee. I'm sure we'll be back soon talking to Mike Norvell again.